The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is January 12, 2016. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Joining me today as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. How are you? Good, good. You know, it's 47 degrees in Tallahassee this morning. I'm sorry, 37 degrees in Tallahassee. I'm not surprised, and snow <laughs> is predicted in Maryland for this evening. Oh, it is. Uh, get your shovel out. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. You know, last week we had Ron DeFreitas, I believe it's pronounced, founder yes, and sir. CEO for Real American Heroes Foundation. Real is spelled R-E-E-L. They're, they they go out and take our veterans out there and have, uh, for some recreational catching bass and you get quite a few things. Uh, uh, you know, you can take your family out there. Uh, they have bass boats. Uh, you just call them up uh, about an hour beforehand, and, and they're ready to go. Um, actually, they are a 100% volunteer 501c3 nonprofit foundation that works with both military hospitals and military bases to provide the recreational therapy to our nation's wounded soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, disabled, and combat vets. Real American Heroes Foundation was started to thank our wounded heroes for their service to the country and to provide them with much-needed recreational therapy. If you missed the live show, be sure to listen to the archive show on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Well, Bill, it looks like the VA uh, is going to be rescheduling, re-rating schedules um, uh, for sleep apnea. The Department of Veterans Affairs is studying changes to disabilities uh, actually rated for obstructive sleep apnea, particularly the 50% rating being rewarded to VA physicians prescribed use of continuous positive airway pressure machines for sleep-deprived veterans. Essentially, there's no functional impalement uh, related to that 50% rating right now. The good news is that more than 114,000 veterans already drawing compensation for sleep apnea is their rating would not be reduced. Bill, what do you think about these changes? 
Well, Gary, this is a subject uh, in, the, in the rating system for all issues, service-connected disabilities. Mm-hmm. It's been discussed for some time. You know, uh, sleep apnea, uh, it's, a, it's a, a one rating only, as I understand it. If, if you're found to have uh, sleep apnea, uh, you're rated at uh, 50%, and there's nothing below and, and nothing uh, above that in terms of the rating scheme. Uh, it's uh, the, the, the uh, VA depends to a great degree on what information is recorded or documented from uh, uh, service and, uh, you know, most uh, uh, veterans are, are not able to provide that because it was never documented as such. They knew it, they had a problem with no documentation. So uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that uh, those individuals who uh, have been rated at that level, that this study now is not going to impact. And, uh, you know, we hope that this will clarify the situation as we move along. That's true. That's true. So at least they're going to get their 50% correct. I think that's the bottom line. Correct. All right. Well, Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest. Gary, today we're honored to have with us Kara M. Colantuno. Kara is a licensed social worker from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She has a postgraduate uh, certification in veteran and military behavioral health and is the founder of the nonprofit organization Support Homeless Veterans, Inc., and the Veterans Care Commission at Abington uh, Jefferson Health Systems. Kara, welcome to our show. We're very pleased to have you with us today. Welcome, Kara. Yes, thank you for having me. All right. You know, from the start uh, with this organization of yours, Kara, you started with community support. Could you tell us more about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I guess it really makes sense to kind of go back to where this all began. When Uh I was working with the Salvation Army in 2010, I didn't know much at that time about veteran resources. And I had a couple of amputee veterans in this dual-diagnosed homeless transitional facility that Salvation Army runs in Philadelphia. And they said, Ms. Caro, what can I get as a veteran? Am I eligible for anything related to my service? So once I started to look down that road, I, uh, for lack of a better word, fell in love with it and decided to pursue that as my career going forward. Um, The creation of Support Homeless Veterans came as a reaction to what the VA currently funds under their grant and per diem granting uh, for those transitional housing programs. I believe that two-year model, the highly structured uh, transitional model, does work for some folks. But I was seeing this camaraderie building amongst the veterans within that program because I started working in one right after Salvation Army. And I said, you know, there's something missing here. A lot of the veterans I was working with, and these are guys that had been chronically homeless, uh, mental illness had been ongoing there, some of them had substance abuse issues. The big component that was missing was family and A lot of them had burnt their bridges, to be quite honest, at that point in their lives. But I'm seeing the camaraderie happen between the men, 
And instead of going into, you know, after this two-year transitional program, instead of going into private HUD-VASH apartments, or many of which returning back into the system, that recidivism that we've seen, we still see occurring um, within the VA system, going back onto a psych ward, going back into detox, going back into a different shelter. We need a permanent solution to this chronic issue of homelessness that's actually occurring, and a lot of it was among the Vietnam veterans. So I decided to start Support Homeless Veterans in 2011. It's a 501c3, started out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And the first thing was getting your name out there, gaining the trust of the community and the veterans specifically. And the way I did that was starting the Code Red, White, and Blue program. That program was... Uh, influenced heavily by Stand Down, which all of you already know, the national initiative that brings usually connects the VA community partners to do a weekend of support and services to veterans. But that only happens once a year, at least here in Philadelphia um, and New Jersey area. I felt that that should be happening much more often. So we started the Code Red, White, and Blue every single month out of a local rec center. We had... Uh, Right now, uh, to date, we've served over, not eight, I think it was 865 veterans so far served through that program, inviting all the different community providers that would have us uh, to that event, clothing, hygiene products, hot lunch, music, entertainment, actually, to make that fun. So that was really where we started. We were doing it every single month and pulling on every resource we could. It was a wild ride, cooking in my own kitchen, um, transporting in our own cars, but it was worth every second of it. And um, that's what kind of got us on the map to a, a, a player in the veteran community. You know, Kara, uh, I just heard yesterday, maybe you can uh, verify this, that uh, homelessness is uh, uh, one of the main issues uh, for our veteran suicides. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it would be really interesting to get a good profile on the 22 veterans a day that the VA statistics or whoever really is, is marking all these statistics say because, you know, not knowing exactly who's doing it is mm-hmm. probably one of the reasons why it's been how many years now? It's definitely been at least a full year, too, that the number... 22 has not changed. It hasn't gone down. And I find that extremely absurd. But absolutely yes. that um, homelessness it is one of, the, one, of, one of the leading components of why somebody would feel so rock bottom at that point in their life. Um, so what we did with the housing is the next part of what we did, um, if you're ready to hear about the housing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. So kind of going back to where I started, seeing that camaraderie between the veterans in these transitional programs. And when I'm talking programs, I'm talking institutionalizing programs. Institutionalization um, seems to be this common theme I found among the veterans that I've worked with. And again, common other, other common issues with long-term, this chronic homelessness being a, a symptom of long-term mental illness Proper, not properly treated mental illness, definitely the wait times with getting your service connected. I, I believe the non-service connected goes rather quickly, 
But the service-connected disabilities, as we all know, the backup for that has been a huge, huge contributor. And then after you're waiting months and months and months, years, some people I know two years waiting for a service-connected injury, um, if you're going to give me 50%, do you think I'm going to be able to live off that kind of money? Going to actually go and get stable housing with that kind of money? Absolutely not. The only real livable wage is 100%. So what I did was say, you know, there needs to be an alternative to veteran permanent housing than giving folks that have this long-term mental illness, uh, no families, you know, the general consensus that there's no real family connections anymore, no really solid ones anyway. Here's the here's an apartment. Enjoy your life. Right. Well, we were finding they were losing those vouchers. HUD Vash, you know, is a great opportunity for the VA is going to pay 30, uh, 70% of the uh, rent the veterans require to pay 30. But after you're sitting in your apartment staring at the ceiling fan, there's a good chance you might pick up the drink again. And then there's a good chance you won't even pay 30% of your inc- of your of that rent. And what we found was guys were losing the voucher. And they don't talk about that a lot. And another program they came out to combat homelessness, which is also a great program, but in the hands of chronically homeless veterans, who is their target audience for both HUD-VASH and the supported services for veterans' families, which we call SSVF program. That program gives veterans first, last, and security to get an apartment or rent a house in the district that they're working with. And that's absolutely excellent, and I think one of the best programs that they've done. Um, Problem is you do not, as a veteran, receiving that money, and it does, the money does go directly to the landlord. Problem is you do, not have a ha- you do not have to have stable income in order to get that grant, and they'll only pay, like I said, first class security, and you could get actually a few more months from them, and you might be able to show up six months later and grab another month out of them. But usually what I'm finding is there's a six-month cap. There's a couple different pools of, of funding that they can pull from for that particular veteran, but at some point, you're done. And if you can't sustain that $800 rent that you are set up with, what now? That's true. So, well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes Network.com and syndicated on iTunes. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Kara, founder and president for Support Homeless Veterans, Inc. Kara, as we were, just before we went on break, we were talking about the veterans again in, in, a, in a, an apartment or a home, whatever it might be. Is there a time limit uh, as far as um, uh, how long can that vet stay there or how long will the VA pay that 70%? So what I understand from HUD-VASH, for the HUD-VASH granting, and we've been talking um, in the last segment about two separate uh, initiatives to end veteran homelessness. The HUD-VASH program, which is uh, the VA and Housing and Urban Development coming together and saying the veteran can only, only needs to pay 30% of the rent. And I believe that is actually lifelong. So it is a good program in that sense. It also comes with what I understand to be five years of case management services. However, the big issue is when you're dealing with chronically homeless veterans, that have these long-term issues, mental health, and what I've found is there's a good percentage of those that will lose the voucher if they're not keeping the house properly, if they're finding themselves in relapse, if they're finding themselves in a situation where they're not managing their funds properly and not paying the 30%. And I've met many veterans on the detox ward that have reported that, that their vouchers were taken away from them. The other program we're talking about was the Supported Services for Veteran Families, which you can Google SSVF Grantee List 2014 and 2015, and you'll be able, and anybody can do this, pull off the PDF of what nonprofits actually were funded by the SSVF grant and how much money. And then you could, and it's all broken down by state. So if you have a veteran that, or you're listening and you are a veteran that might need rental assistance or need support moving, you can absolutely tap, find the nonprofits that were granted in your community uh, by looking on the Internet that way and go directly to those sources. Uh, but what, what we found was you don't have to have a fixed income. You don't have to have um, you know, either benefits from Social Security or the VA or have a sustainable job. They'll give it to you with nothing, and then in six months, it's just done. So wow. what I found between those two programs, and then you have the grant and per diem programs, which are funded by the VA as well, um, they are highly structured programs. In Philadelphia, they are located in, and if they're listening, they know it, your program's located in the worst neighborhoods that Philadelphia has to offer. It is. It is it's a fact. Everybody, you Google Kensington, Philadelphia, and then you make your own opinion. Uh, Fenced-in uh, type of facilities, security guards at the front door, um, shared rooms, multiple shared rooms, and mandatory meetings, mandatory programs, that type of lifestyle, like I said, institutionalization. So they're supposed to graduate from that type of program 
and then move on to either an SSVF grant or a HUD-VASH grant, hoping that either benefits came through or they were employable. But I was finding that that didn't really fit a lot of the veterans that were coming through as homeless veterans. So I said, you know, as a young professional, I was living uh, with roommates. We would rent nice homes in Philadelphia and share the house. Three of us take our own bedroom, everybody pitch in, and we can live in a home that we otherwise wouldn't be able to afford. And so what I decided in September 2012 was to do just that, and I took three veterans that I seen the camaraderie uh, occurring amongst them, and I said, you know, what, what you need, they needed family. They needed accountability from somebody that genuinely cared as almost a family member, and love for, you know, what people don't want to really say that, but that's really what was missing. Mm-hmm. Nobody loves you and cares about you. Why continue on? How do you get out of a situation where the constant fear of homelessness drives you insane? So I called on the community, and I said, I need enough funding to furnish this house, pay the security deposits down, Every piece of furniture, every fork and spoon, shower curtain was all provided either by in-kind donations or by monetary donations that we used to fund it. And I moved the three guys in, and those three guys have actually graduated. Um, last year they graduated to moving from the city of Philadelphia to a, to a suburb with a yard and a porch and the lease of that home is now in their name, no longer in the nonprofit's name. I still support them with case management services as needed because you can never really just let them go. You need to be available for them. And so that's what we did. So the, the first three gentlemen um, actually have turned into 95 veterans housed in that same model. We have six different homes throughout Philadelphia. We don't believe in a couple of the things that other people are comfortable with, overcrowding, and try to be in the most desirable neighborhoods as possible. If I wouldn't live there, if I wouldn't sleep in that bed, how can I expect a veteran to do that? And that is the biggest, biggest problem with people and organizations that are supporting veterans that are claiming homelessness and offering shelter. I got it. If you are a low-funded shelter and you're offering a three hots and a, uh, a three hots and a cot, then that it is what it is. The guy's got to share rooms. It's a shelter. Fine. You know, I won't take argument with that. But if you are a private boarding home with 46 veterans sharing bunk beds, charging them money, some up to $600 a month to share a, a bunk bed in a boarding home, and then no. the fun part about that is, and I'm not name-dropping on the exact places that do this, but they're out there. They're out there, and they're in Philadelphia, and I beg that they're across the nation. The people, funders will come in, Comcast, Verizon, community funders like that. They'll come in and go, wow, what a wonderful place. (laughs) They would never lay in that bed. That's right. They would never sleep in bunk beds with five men and then think it's, oh, you feed them, excellent, bologna sandwiches, Mm. and low-level grade ground beef. Oh, wonderful. Because somehow, in our minds and the veterans' minds, our standard for homeless people is so low 
that we actually look at that and accept it and, and throw money at it so the problem goes away. So that was just one of the, we, the non-negotiable standards that I couldn't, you know, I don't like having to call it group homes, but that's what it is, I guess. It actually has turned more into a fraternity, um, and I think we're evolving into the idea that we've run six different veteran fraternities. They're very small fraternities. Some of our homes only have two veterans. Every veteran, every single one has a private room. They have their own, uh, the Internet, cable television. The rooms are already furnished. There's a house captain in each home. I'm a licensed social worker with specializations in mental health and stuff, particularly for veterans. I also have a licensed uh, professional counselor that would be also one of our volunteers. And just like you spoke about Real American Heroes earlier, um, mm-hmm. that organization sounded wonderful and the most attractive part about what you said about them, not besides their great work, was that they were 100% volunteer staff because for homeless veterans is also 100% volunteer staff. And I just can't stomach the idea of sitting back in any veteran organization and taking huge salaries like some of the CEOs from some <laughs> of the biggest companies in, you know, around the country. And We've been hearing a lot about that. <laughs> It just don't make any sense because now, Carol, the needs aren't fully met. All right. Now, Kara, what happens uh, when, when uh, you mo- need more vets? Does, does the VA participate in finding those vets for you, especially if they're going to be paying 70% or, or is you find them yourself or the organization finds them? So let me, um, let me clarify a little bit. So the, the HUD-VASH with the VA paying 70%, that has nothing to do with support homeless veterans. We're not a HUD-VASH participant. They only let HUD-VASH work for a vet being in a private apartment okay. or house. It doesn't work for this group home concept. So we have to subsidize the rent ourselves. So nice. our veterans pay, on average, $400 a month for what they're getting for their private room. And to answer your question, yes, the VA does support what we do and provide referrals but they do not fund it in any way at all. We don't get any of that. We are eligible to get the SSVF grant. A veteran could use that funding to come and be with us. Mm -hmm. So it could be a referral from the detox ward, from the psych ward, from Mm -hmm. the longer-term substance abuse units. It could be a guy walking off the street to the homeless outreach advocates. It could be somebody waiting for HUD-VASH, the very, very long wait to get the HUD-VASH voucher who's in between. Um, And a lot of it's word of mouth. We're actually, here's another interesting point, we're one of the only places in Philadelphia to take methadone maintenance patients, uh, veterans. And the reason why, and I'll just quickly describe, methadone maintenance is used for opiate addiction Mm -hmm. and... If you didn't know, 90% of the narcotics in the entire world are consumed by the United States of America. We have a wild problem with doctors and, and, and going right to prescription medication. Our own chairman um, of Support Homeless Veterans, a two-tour Iraq veteran named Michael Gallup, he oh, I was actually present. He had a torn labrum. He had a slap tear, they called the labrum from probably 50 cows and such in the military. He went to the VA, definitely needs MRI, surgery, all that. The first thing they say, first thing out of their mouth, 
was, would you like Percocets or Vicodin? <laughs> and, and that's not even just like the VA. It's, it's doctors. They, they've yes. done that. It's actually gotten a lot better. Back in the 90s, this was really, really out, really out of hand. You probably don't, you can probably shoot off a bunch of people you know that may have them in their cabinet right now. But what happens is, you know, for some folks that are dealing with issues, that opiate high has become a relief from your reality, and you go down a path where it could turn into heroin, just like during Vietnam era, we had this kind of heroin epidemic. Uh, it's back, it's back in full force. And many of you heard about the mixing fentanyl into the heroin, and it's in the communities. It's very, very much in that Kensington community where the veterans actually are supposed to be getting clean and sober. You can mm-hmm. get free samples of heroin right outside the gate. I would pull out of the gate cause I, when I worked there and see somebody shooting up between two cars. My headlights would shine right on the guy. Oh, boy. I don't even care. So the answer for these, for these veterans in the VA's eyes is uh, not a beautifully well-funded tranquility base up on a farm. Nope. It's a transitional housing program in Kensington and putting you on methadone maintenance where every single day you have to go down to the VA and wait in line and get a lottery ticket to wait in line to get a little potion that you drink and then come back again the next day. Yes, they have groups. Yes, they have counselors. Yes, they have drug testing. But the interesting thing about that is you, the, a lot of grant per diems, particularly the bigger one in Philadelphia, uh, will not take you if you're on the methadone maintenance program. Yet the VA who funds your whole entire organization is putting the veteran on that as their patient. But you won't offer him housing because of that's the option the VA chose. That makes absolutely no sense. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and I want everybody to understand this this company that's coming out. It's it's really really good. It's the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel is America's first national broadcast channel, specifically designed for veterans and their family members, providing information and referral services as well as programming that promotes good health, well-being, and entertainment for veterans suffering from PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Visit the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel and donate today. Help us save veterans' lives. Go to the VSP channel dot com to learn more be sure to check out their fundraiser uh, that's going on this month and listen don't forget you're listening to the american heroes network radio powered by voice america on the variety channel and we'll be right back Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Kara, founder and president for Support Homeless Veterans, Inc. And Bill, you had a question? Yes, Kara. Um Maybe you can bring us up to date on some of the programs, the, the significant programs that uh, it's out now that you're going to be participating in. Yeah, so one of our, after we went through the Code Red, White, and Blue and the housing, uh, that, that model was successful for us and we continued to do that, our chairman felt that we needed a third component to what we did, and that's when we designed the Veteran Lifeline Program. And the Veteran Lifeline Program targets post-9-11 veterans that are dual-diagnosed with substance abuse and post-traumatic stress disorder. However, we have opened it up to non-post-9-11 veterans as well. So one of the components that we've focused on was, and it was interesting because with the Real American Heroes doing that, getting out, there's also a program called Outward Bound that uh, has a lot of great stories of how they're able to do this. One of the biggest issues with this post-traumatic stress that veterans are dealing with, um, it has so many different faces, and I found that a lot of the veterans I work with, they'll call it my PTSD, like it's a teddy bear or something that is a belonging, like a thing that is theirs. Uh, And I found that really interesting working with them. And many of you already know this, but isolation is a big thing, and it's kind of that that wild scenario where you want to interact with people, you want good relationships at some point in your mind, but you also want to be completely left alone and convince yourself that I don't like people, uh, I don't make sense in the world, that kind of stuff, and that, that alienation, the feeling of actually being almost an alien. And the reason why you feel like an alien is because you kind of are, and but it's much better said is the fact that you are not a civilian. You're not gonna get to enjoy the blissful ignorance that most people enjoy about being a civilian. You don't just play on your cell phone and play Candy Crush and go to school or go to work and talk about la 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 and go to some wine party. That is, I, I mean, some veterans may be enjoying that lifestyle and great for you, but I, I mean. They're one of the biggest things that helps the veterans understand why it seems so strange to be getting in here is because there's a movement talking about 
how to transition into civilian lifestyle. And I actually take a different approach, and it's how to tolerate civilian lifestyle, but understanding that you're not a civilian and you never will be. And when you really understand that message, that you're cut from a different cloth, you uh, see the world, have a different perspective of the world, because you, you, you know it for what it really is, and not, again, like the blissful ignorance that people enjoy, and good for them, and that's why you fought literally for people to be ignorant. And uh, I believe that once that sinks in, another thing that really put some of the coals on what we call the PTSD, is feeling like you're so set behind. When they get home, and I like to use our chairman as a great example, he's now 32 years old, got out at the end of 2013, sergeant, army, 82nd Airborne, came back from being a leader, in, and, but we had no college education. So you come home, and he has an injury, can't do manual labor jobs because of the injury, what do you do with yourself? And you have the, no money like that you used to have. Matter of fact, you're waiting on a claim, many of which in his scenario is like I kind of like to think it's a little bit typical, but not to say, uh, divorced. You know, oh, I'm 22 and it's a good idea to get married because I'm going to get extra benefits. And I also had a female, and no, please don't take offense to this people out there. I had a female who might have thought it was awesome to be with a military guy, so she had a child um, that I didn't know was going to happen. So now you have a situation of divorce, um, and this does not happen all the time. Again, uh, you have a situation of divorce. You have a transition of uh, transitioning out. I have no weapon on me anymore the way I used to. I don't have all the friends and family. My hypervigilance that I'm displaying in the community is actually a normal part of being observant and aware in the military, but now it's awkward and strange. So there's, there's so much of that going on. And when you think about, well, then get in where you fit in. You don't fit in maybe with, you know, this Greek frat guys working at, at the, I don't know, the basic civilian man. You might not fit in with. Patriots, yes. I think that, and I have to advocate for the patriots as I'm not a, a veteran myself, but people that can understand, have family involved, or have taken the time to educate themselves, they can also be included in the, the pack of people that I believe you fit in with. And so if you remember that you're not a, a civilian and you get in where you fit in, you have a lot more, a higher chance of feeling comfortable and tolerant to this world that we have to all live in today. And so what we, we take all that into consideration and do the outdoor wilderness type thing. Um, it's not as wildernessy as some of the outward bound and probably real American heroes is doing with like, hikes and things. Because my guys have, to be honest, they're very out of shape. <laughs> and um, though they should challenge themselves, we're, because of those limitations, we start a little bit behind. So we'll do things like riding four-wheelers, riding snowmobiles, going out to have a steak dinner, that kind of stuff. Going some, almost like a vacation. These guys can't afford a vacation. They don't have anybody to go with on a vacation. And we definitely need a vacation. 
And when they were going on these retreats, on the ones that we've had so far, we've only had two. We're working on our next one, actually, is uh, the end of February. We did a survey. They really felt what the word was normal and smoked less cigarettes, were less anxious, opened up and shared more. And these are guys that were literally trying to sit in the dark because even in our housing program where we have that support, they're still going to try to do that sitting in the dark, staring at the ceiling fan thing. But we have to notice it. And because your battle buddy is there in the house with you, they go, hey, hey, Joe, what's up with you? I know something's going on with you. And so that really, really works. Um, Veteran Lifeline has also uh, went from these outdoor retreats to granting veterans um, needs. So, for example, if we're able to raise the money and we have it available, we have them write in. I had a veteran needed some money for a down payment on an apartment in a different state. This is also how we can reach veterans nationally. This is really the only way. Calling in from Texas, I'm sleeping in, the, I'm sleeping in my car. I just started work at a Target, loading boxes. You know, take a picture of the DD-214, send it over. Um, we had a, a Korean veteran, washer machines broke. His 80-year-old wife is hanging clothes out on the line. You know, they couldn't afford a new washer machine. I had a, a Delta Force combat Vietnam veteran sitting in a house with the most disgusting rugs and couch, like very, very depressing environment. And we went in there and renovated that space. So we're really proud for some of the success stories that Veterans Lifeline has done, and hopefully we'll continue to get the fundings from the community to keep making other little dreams happen in that sense. That's great. That's great. Now, also, uh, keep uh, write this down, too. We also did an organization called IHOOT, I-H-O-O-T, and uh, it actually offers veterans vacations. I believe it's about 2,200 locations throughout the oh, world. Awesome. Okay, and, and you can go and take your family there. It won't cost you anything, of course, mm-hmm. except for your transportation. But yeah. it's it's just phenomenal. It's it's a, a very good organization, and they've been doing this now for a couple of years. Um, do you remember them, Bill? Oh yes, they uh, in the Maryland area. The headquarters is at uh, uh, Laurel, Maryland, and as you said, you can reach them uh, uh, by way of the uh, internet at ihoot dot org. Ihootfoundation.org. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. So if these vets and their vets or their you know them and their families um, uh, need yeah. a vacation, I think we all need one. But you know. <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing. Like you know, these people are working inside the the veteran institutions, these programs, and they go on. The staff goes on vacation. The staff goes home to a nice queen size bed, but they're sleeping in single beds, no vacations, and then we wonder, you know, why? The quality of life is the issue here. They don't have access to quality of life. And when, if that continues to happen, you know, I don't know that the number of suicides will, will go down because you feel like you don't even belong here whatsoever. And the quality of life is awful. I wouldn't want to live that quality of life at all, and it's it's heartbreaking when you really see it in person. So we're just trying to do our part by thinking out of the box and offering an alternative 
to what's out there. Hey, hey, you know, the day that I can actually totally revamp this organization and change the name to something else other than a support homeless veterans and then maybe just grant wishes and do some community outreach, that, that would be amazing that I could don't, no longer need to, to recognize homelessness as this issue. But it's, even though we have, oh, you know that Philadelphia, by the way, has, um, according to Mayor Nutter before he left office, has no homeless veterans. And are we close to a break? Because that's where I would pick up for next time. Uh, yes, we can go ahead and take that break right now. Okay. Do you own a business? Would you be interested in saving money on your merchant account? Then check out our sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. They are a national company. It's actually run by Josh Cole. Give him a call. Uh, he will give you a break if it's, an, if it's a veteran organization. Uh, again, that's jo- uh, Josh Cole, First Class Merchant Services, 407-401-0772. That's 407-401-0772. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Kara, founder and president for Support Homeless Veterans, Inc. And, uh, Kara, Philadelphia, and, you know, they say the same thing about Florida, has a zero homeless veterans. Is that real? Right. Great, great question. And I find this very, very interesting. So this past December in 2015, Mayor Nutter, right before he left office, 
announced that there was virtually no homeless veterans in the city of Philadelphia. And I believe we're not the only city to have made that announcement as well, and you can look that up. Um, a couple things I, didn't, I don't like about it. First of all, when this announcement was made, it was only political figures. Um, they gave all, most of the credit to the President of the United States. Um, and the political figures on this on the little stage at the podium that made that announcement. There was really no representation from the actual caseworkers that deal with this stuff every day. Uh, and I wonder if it was because they might say something like what I'm about to say, is that if there are no homeless veterans in Philadelphia... What do you call the guys living in the brand new shelter that opened six months ago for veterans only? And this is a shelter, not transitional housing, not HUD-VASH, not SSVF. It's a shelter. It's considered, it's titled as an emergency homeless shelter. What would you call that? Like, I'm like starting to wonder, am I nuts? Because I'm pretty sure if you're living in a shelter, like we have in Philadelphia, Big Ridge Shelter, you have to go down to House of Passages. When I work in the hospital, so we're sending, you know, folks to the homeless shelter. Aren't they still homeless? Like, it doesn't give you a keys and a free mortgage, like, when you go there. So right. <laughs> I can't understand. Um, and then... You have the people in the grant and per diem transitional programs. So those guys have a lease in that transitional program? No, absolutely not. How about the folks in the six-month programs for drug and alcohol that have nowhere to discharge to? How about the people up on the psych ward? What I, I really can't... How about the people in the boarding home? In the, like, that is a house? That's your home that doesn't make sense to me. I'm really confident they, they just relabeled what homeless is. Mm-hmm. And we all went, yay, we solved homeless veteran problem. Mm-hmm. So That's... we took a sheep and called it a cow and, and cheered for it. And that is, is a great concern for me because not only do we still actually have homeless veterans, we also have issues with the programs that were in place that hopefully will be the next steps for the program. Now, I'll say this. Apparently, one of what they really meant to say was there are still homeless veterans, but we feel that we really have almost perfected a pipeline that every vet that wants housing and support or a roof over his head of any kind can get it. You no longer have to be in the street. And that I can believe. That I can believe. They really try to streamline a process that every veteran housing program, every veteran shelter, anything that has to do with putting a vet in a bed, you have to go through homeless outreach over at the VA hospital. And from there, they will disperse them to the appropriate programs and look at the bed availability and all that kind of stuff. But that action... So, I feel deceived, and I would have preferred to have heard it the, the way it really is, which is they've, they've kind of come together to streamline the process, and veterans can have access to these resources, which include transitional housing programs that last two years, 
boarding homes that are private pay and uh, shelters. Um, and then you get the HUD-VASH voucher waiting list that could eventually lead you to an apartment you pay 30% for or the SSVF granting program that after all your applications and stuff are approved and you have a agree-upon landlord, an agreeing landlord, that they'll set you out with first last security deposit and a couple months of rent. So that's, that's the reality. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Do you think that's... Well, Kara, this is Kara. Uh, you know, there's two things that, that come to mind of over about maybe a million things, and I'm and I really mean that in terms of the numbers of uh, where the issues are t- to try to turn this around. The first thing is the way, uh, you know, the the route that we go to in uh, attempting to predict who's homeless, uh, and, and, you know, you've got this on, on your website, in which I've participated also, the point-in-time survey, sure. and, uh, and uh, I think in another week or so you're going to be doing that because it's usually about the third week uh, yeah, in January each year when that's done, and you know the process, how that goes about, and it's a factor of multiplying uh, the, the number, I think, was 15 times the one person that you on the street that tells the, the story. The other thing significant, I think, is that uh, the, these operations must, must, must have a very structured program in terms of what they expect uh, when a homeless veteran comes in to and tracking in terms of because really they're not going to be able to stay there forever. They, they, you know, and the things that cause them to be where they are coming in for this, if that program is not in place, they'll go right back to where they they, they came from. So just those two things. I, I, I think a, a starters, but there are many, many issues. The VA is a major pro- problem in terms of uh, because they provide the money, and if and if you're dependent upon that, uh, they can be ruinous to your program. Mm-hmm. That's true. Sure, and I've, true. I've working at a grant per diem. I I got the opportunity to be part of many audits, but what I see the deeper you know the deeper picture. They come in to audit us. You better show your records. They show the financials. They'll look at interview a veteran. You know, they'll even make me take out his meds and take a look at, you know, how do we control medication, everything. And, but, but the one thing nobody cared about was, like, really take a step back and look at this place. Look at where it's located. Look at the quality of services and stuff. And it's just so, it's not, a high level of 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 treatment or support right. or quality of life, and it's just like even the VA looks at it and goes, oh, "This is good enough." Yeah, this second is good class, enough. and that's the problem. Yeah, it's, that's the problem across the board. And I mm-hmm. and you would think it's just funding things because would I love to have the like, Tempur-Pedic beds in all of my houses? Yes, but <laughs> you know right. how many times I've asked Sleepies and all that to give us mm-hmm. brand new mattresses, and they don't even answer. Right. Um, and, and other places. But well, I think that's what demand more from the programs, do your research, and I think that, um, you know, it'll continue to grow, and, and right. we just need to stop settling. Exactly. We only have a couple minutes left, and Kara, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? And, uh, you know, we only have a couple minutes left. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, with the last few minutes, I just wanted to remind everybody that we run fully on the support of our community, and the way to get in touch with us and involved with us, even the most basic thing people can do is like us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash support homeless veterans. You can find us on the web at www.supporthomelessveterans.org, and um, anything that people can do, if you're local, we've had people send, you know, boxes of deodorant, whatever it could be through the mail, winter hats, those kind of in-kind donations are okay. appropriate to send in or collect if you're in our area. Uh, and, of course, we depend on the funding of only the community. We do not have VA or any government or state granting coming towards us. And I'm actually kind of proud that we don't need them. The community can do this themselves. All right. Bill? Well, Kara, thank you very much uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us and to pass this information on to our listening audience. And uh, we certainly wish you much success uh, with your program because homelessness is something that's uh, it's very important and it's going to be around for some time. All right. Yes. Thank you both very much. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on our website and again and remember we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to america's veterans and their families anytime anywhere and on any mobile device i'm gary ray thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of american heroes network Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.